Section 5 of Short Stories and Poems for Children, Original and Select by Unknown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Moon Mr. Richards had one day set out in the morning with his little boy Frederick for the city, from which Mrs. Richards and her daughter Anne returned home in the evening. Next day, when Mrs. R. said she had begun to be rather uneasy on the journey, Frederick replied that there was no danger, for the moon was shining beautifully and had gone with them all the way. Anne also said that it had followed them constantly from the city home. How could that be? replied Frederick. How could the moon go with us to the city and at the same time back again with you? How could she at once go backward and forward? That is impossible. His father said, My dear Frederick, you are mistaken. Were I to attempt to explain it to you, you could not understand me, because you are not old enough and wise enough yet, and you must be content to be ignorant for some time longer. Let the moon's path in the sky be a lesson to you, as there are many things beneath the moon that you cannot understand, so you must not be surprised if there are some things beyond and above her that are as hard and difficult. Thus it is that, in religion, there are many things we are unable to explain, and the reason is the weakness and limited nature of our faculties. Oh, he is truly wise who yields his faith to all that God in his blessed volume saith. The Rainbow Immediately after a storm, which had just purified the air and fertilized the fields, there appeared a beautiful rainbow in the sky. Little Henry, who was looking out at the window, saw the rainbow and cried out, quite delighted, Oh, I never saw such beautiful colors! Look how they fall down from the clouds on the earth near the old willow! I am sure there must be great quantities of them on the tree, in the shape of little drops, let us run quickly to gather them, and I will put them into my color box. Henry then began running towards the tree as fast as he could. But when he got there to his great surprise, he saw nothing but drops of rain on the willow, and not the least appearance of any colors. So he came back quite vexed and sorrowful, and told his bad luck to his father, who said to him, smiling, my dear boy, it is quite impossible to gather up these beautiful colors for such a purpose as you wished. They are only drops of rain, which shine for a few minutes by the sun's rays, falling on them, but that is all. For the colors which you see only last so long as the rain falls and the sun continues to shine on it. And so it is, my dear boy, with all the pomps and vanities of this world. They seem to us to be beautiful and real, but after all they are only empty shadows. Be not deceived by vanity and show, else all thy joy will quickly turn to woe. The Man-Eater Going through a very dark wood, two little boys of the town once lost themselves and were obliged to put up all night at a very shabby alehouse, which they saw there. During the night they heard someone talking loud in the next room, and wishing to hear what was said, they listened very close at the partition and heard the man say, Get ready the great kitchen pot tomorrow, for I intend to kill the two little rogues that came from the town yesterday, and will have them boiled. The poor children, hearing this, were dreadfully frightened, for they thought the man was speaking of them, and used to kill and eat people. 
They resolved, therefore, to make their escape by jumping out at the window, but in coming to the ground they hurt their feet, so that they could hardly walk. They found also the courtyard gate locked and bolted, so that they could not get out, and were glad to creep into a little house among the pigs, where they passed the night in a state of the greatest fright. Next morning the landlord opened the door with a knife in his hand, which he was sharpening, calling out at the same time, Come along, you little rogues. This is the last hour you have to live. The children, hearing this, cried out most piteously, falling on their knees and begging to have their lives spared. The landlord was astonished to find the children in such a place, and asked why they took him for such a monster, and then they told him how they had listened, and what they had heard. Foolish children, said the man, I was not speaking about you, but about two pigs which I bought in the town yesterday, and which I am going to kill. Learn in future not to listen at keyholes and partitions, and never forget the lines which say, The prying keyhole listener's sure to hear, Something to fill him or with shame or fear. THE DYING MAN'S SMILE When a good old man was at the point of death, he called his children and grandchildren around him. He looked as if asleep, so calm and tranquil was his countenance, and was observed to smile three times, his eyes being closed all the time. When he opened them, one of his sons asked what it was that had made him smile so pleasantly. The old man answered, The first time I was thinking over in my mind all the earthly pleasures which I have experienced during the course of my life, and I could not help smiling at the blind infatuation of a man who looks upon such airy bubbles as realities. The second time I reflected on all the sorrows that had fallen to my lot, and I rejoiced to think that they were now about to pass away forever, and to be succeeded by their blessed fruits. The third time I reflected on death, and smiled to think on the terror this angel of God brings to men, although sent to finish all their sufferings, and to conduct them to the mansions of everlasting bliss. THE PLUMS Mrs. Halden, with her four children, paid a visit one day to their grandpapa, whom they found in his beautiful garden. The old gentleman was not long in bringing them four fine plums, which he presented on a leaf, smiling, and saying at the same time, Now let me see how cleverly you can manage to divide these four plums among five persons, so that the division may be equal. Oh, said Charlotte, the youngest girl, I will see to that, only you must let me divide them as I please. She then took the four plums, saying, My sister and I and one plum make three. My two brothers and one plum also make three. My mamma and two plums make three. So that here are four plums divided among five persons, and all making up equal numbers according to Grandpapa's rule. This mode of division caused general satisfaction. Only Mama gave up her two plums to let each of the children have one, and Grandpapa was so pleased with Charlotte's clever arrangement that he pulled a charming nosegay for her, observing at the same time that Charlotte's ingenious calculation did much credit to her head, but still more to her heart. THE CUCKOO The bee is humming in the sun, the yellow cowslip springs, and hark from yonder woodland's side again the cuckoo sings. Cuckoo, cuckoo, no other note, she sings from day to day. Yet I, though but a little girl, can work and read and pray. 
and whilst in knowledge i rejoice which heavenly truth displays oh let me still employ my voice in my redeemer's praise the sun one evening mrs may with her two children came from the fields where they had been assisting the reapers in their harvest work on entering the house they saw a lamp burning in one of the rooms which surprised little george who said who can have lit the lamp as there is no one in the house it must have been papa replied margaret no doubt he came home before us and placed it there the children now ran into another room and there they found their father to their great delight next day both parents and children were again in the fields the sun was shining very brightly and the children were quite happy and enjoyed the fine weather which he made the father now said to them yesterday my children you were at no loss to believe that it must have been your father who lit the lamp which you saw now when you see the sun in the sky which is so beautiful and useful a light are you not curious to know who placed it there oh yes replied margaret i know who did it it was god who is so good and kind to us he put it there for it could not light itself any more than the smallest lamp there must be some one who made the sun and put light in it our own heads would tell us that even if we had not been told it by others in the lines which say the sun in glory dressed proclaims and tells to all how great and good is god who made that fiery ball the wonderful casket there was once a lady whose housekeeping affairs went quite wrong with her so that she every day missed something and every year became poorer and poorer in this bad state of things she went to take the advice of a very wise old hermit who lived in a wood that he might tell her what she was to do to make her affairs all right again now the hermit was a very good-humoured happy old man and he begged the lady to sit down in his humble cell for a few minutes while he went for a little casket carefully sealed up now he said to the lady when he returned with the casket you must take this with you and go with it three times every day and night into your kitchen your wine and beer cellars and stables and also into every room and corner of your house and i will promise you that if you do this your affairs will get quite right and straight again at the end of the year when you have done all this do not forget to return my wonderful casket to me the lady of course punctually did all that the hermit had told her as she had great faith in the casket and its wonder-working powers next morning she began her visits at home and on going into her cellar the first thing she saw was one of her servants taking a flagon of beer at night when she went down into the kitchen all the servants were there feasting and drinking in place of being in their beds and so in the stables and cowhouses the horses and cows and everything were neglected in this way she found something every day to set right when the year was ended she went to the hermit with his casket and begged the loan of it for another year as it contained such an excellent remedy that she wished to use it a little longer the hermit smiled and said he could not let her have it any longer but he would give her the remedy which was enclosed in it and opening it he took out a piece of paper with the following inscription use your own eyes if you would be from waste and want and sorrow free the pig stealer very late one night the keeper of a dancing bear came to a village and put up at a public house the landlord had just sold a pig and so he let the bear have the pig's sty to sleep in a thief who had been watching an opportunity to steal the pig 
not knowing that it had been sold, came that night and went into the pig's sty to lay hold of her and carry her off, but was not a little surprised and terrified to find himself seized by a bear, which growled frightfully and held the thief quite firm in his paws so that he could not get away. The noise made by the thief was so great as to awaken the people in the inn, who came running to see what was the matter, and it was with great difficulty they got the man away from the bear, which had wounded and torn him very severely. And this was not all, for he was taken to prison, and punished afterwards as the law directs. Even in the present world the sinner feels the hand of vengeance when he robs or steals. End of section 5